Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Please subscribe, leave a review, comment, share, and consider supporting the podcast on Patreon, even at the producer and sponsorship levels. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Unmesh Srivastava about the basics of healthcare innovation in large and small-scale organizations. Srivastava, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John. <laughs> Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. You're joining us from California. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about healthcare and organizations, which is always an important and challenging topic. Anyone who deals with total compensation and benefits within an organizational setting, such as HR managers, uh, are constantly uh, frustrated with the rising costs and the challenges around that. Today, specifically, we're going to be talking about the basics of healthcare innovation in large and small scale organizations and try to tease out what we might be able to do as organizational leaders to make the best of a messy situation to provide good benefits for our people. As we get started, I wanted to share Unmesh's bio with everybody. Unmesh is Chief Digital and Technology Officer at Clever Care Health Plan. Over the years, Unmesh and his team have helped U.S. healthcare with opportunities to drive innovation and disrupt transformation using digital enablement. He has worked with multiple innovation organizations, building and deploying the next generation of healthcare. All the digital enablement projects have been geared towards driving a differentiation provider and patient experience while reducing the cost of care and improving quality of care. The technology products delivered by Unmesh and his teams range from clinical decision support technology for providers, data and artificial intelligence enabled seamless care experience for patients and multiple other innovations to drive down the administrative burden on the providers and health systems. That is fantastic. And like you said, being able to have a a greater level of of experience while driving down uh, cost and improving quality of care. I think that's ultimately what everyone would love to have. Uh, and that's that's the, the real challenge. Uh, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we really dive on into the conversation? No, I, I think you covered it all. I've been in digital health for uh, close to 15 years and uh, have worked with uh, large and small organizations uh, right now at Clever Care Health Plan. And, uh, you know, prior to Clever Care, I was with P3 Health Partners, which when I started there was a small, well, we were serving 5,000 lives. We went public in three and a half years. 
Um, prior to that, I was with United Health Group, Optum, and I've worked with Kaiser uh, Permanente as well. So worked with various large and small organizations. I can tell you there's no dearth of, of need of innovation and uh, transformation in, in healthcare for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, these last couple of years have just added, you know, the the, the complexity uh, and the challenges related to, to healthcare and, and meeting the needs and the health needs of employees within organizations. So perhaps we'll touch on that a bit as well. Um, I already mentioned in your bio, just some of the types of innovations that your team, you and your team are a part of, but maybe you can flesh that out for us a little bit. What um, do you see as kind of the current state of the innovation landscape in healthcare? And then maybe we can talk specifically about some of those innovations that you're driving. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of most of the work that I've done along with, of course, my teams, it's primarily geared around, you know, impacting the quadruple goal of healthcare, you know, reducing the um, uh, administrative cost or medical cost, you know, improving patient experience, improving provider experience, and, uh, you know, improving overall quality of care. Right. So um, from a technology perspective, there's there's multiple things going on. There's multitude of of problems that exist today, um, which, you know, I've been involved in working. And, and I think there's still a lot to cover, um, you know, starting from data analytics. There's, as everyone knows, uh, interoperability is still in very nascent stages in healthcare. We still deal with a lot of faxes and paper in healthcare. So getting data from multiple sources, you know, combining that and building a strong data environment to really talk about total patient, patient 360 views and things like that, right? There's, there's a ton of work that is going in in the data and analytics space and interoperability space in healthcare. There's a ton of work which is going on in the workflow orchestration within healthcare settings. As you know, you know, when EMRs were brought into the healthcare system, they were supposed to make physicians' lives easier. It happened it just happened that it went right opposite of that, right? And and it became just such a big administrative burden on the providers that, uh, you know, um, that they have to spend so much time of their day just documenting in the EMRs for from a um, documentation compliance perspective. So ton of work going on and just simplifying their day-to-day workflows to reduce the burnout and the time they spend on systems as opposed to talking to um, their patients and and solving for their healthcare needs. Uh, There's a bunch of work going on in the artificial intelligence machine learning space. Um, You know, clinical decision support, especially like there are a couple of things in AI and ML space, you know, we get so much unstructured data today in healthcare uh, using quite a bit of NLP technology to convert a lot of that unstructured data to structure or are extracting critical intelligence from that unstructured charts and PDFs and paper to really, um, you know, uh, not lose those nuggets of wisdom <laughs> within, within a patient chart. So bunch of work in NLP, bunch of work in, 
there's quite a bit of work going on machine learning, deep learning space. We're doing clinical decision support, uh, suspecting conditions, medical conditions, uh, identifying disease progression, um, you know, multiple things there. Uh, social determinants with, with what we are doing at Clever Care Health Plan, a lot of a lot of what we are doing is really, we are a Medicare Advantage plan. So we are serving Medicare Advantage members who cannot speak, whose English is not their first language. So they're not able to interact with their healthcare system. So there's a lot of like culture and social determinants that we are trying to bring central into senior care with Clever Care Health Plan. A lot of work, I think these days, like social determinants is a is a big area, which has to, you know, a lot of healthcare folks are trying to bring it mainstream and include that within the clinical care reams, right? So a lot of work. So, I mean, I, if I start talking, there's, there's so much work <laughs> going on. Um, and uh, yeah, all around in healthcare, you know, privacy, compliance, cybersecurity has so much stuff going on, so many data breaches. So, you know, yeah. a lot of work going on in that space. So yeah, there's, Endless, endless work and uh, a lot of innovation in healthcare right now, especially related to digital data and tech. Yeah, which which is fantastic. It's so, so needed, again, to reduce costs, increase quality of care, increase the, the patient experience, uh, and to, on the organizational side, on the healthcare um, system side, to be able to ease the strains, right, and, and the challenges that they're facing. That's really going to be create you know, the, the best outcome for everybody. And, and so leaning into the, the digital transformation, the technology, the technological disruptions and innovations, all is going to be super important as we continue to move forward, just like in healthcare, just like it is anywhere else, you know, in, in any other form of business. So I'm wondering now from, from the organizational side, meaning, um, you know, my organization, I'm an employer, I have, say I have a thousand employees, we, we have a healthcare um, benefit uh, that we provide to our employees. And I'm trying to think through with my HR team, you know, what type of healthcare benefits we want to have and how to keep those costs in check. Given the landscape of these innovations that are happening, any suggestions or advice for organizational leaders as they're trying to think through and navigate um, the types of plans, the types of um, systems, the, the types of organizations they should be partnering with. Absolutely. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, if you go back to like the very basics or ethos of, of healthcare, right? Um, I think Everyone knows if you are engaged in your healthcare preventatively, um, proactively, that will not lead to, um, you know, chronic conditions or will not lead to sudden events uh, because there will be a lot of predictability that you'll be able to build. And there will still be some one-off scenarios that you cannot, you know, walk away from. But generally, I think as folks who are working, at, at least for me, I've been working with Medicare, Medicaid, you know, populations, mostly in my career. And big part of the whole thing is like, hey, can you empower primary care? Can you ease access? Can you engage 
members or folks at large in their healthcare. So that will lead to reduction in, you know, emergency room admissions will uh, reduce, you know, uh, these uh, unidentified events in, in care or even like chronic conditions, right? So ideally, like when, when you think about that, uh, you want to find you, you at least the two pillars that I see from my perspective is one, you want to build a network or have a network of primary care um, and a preventative uh, medicine, anything that surrounds primary care so that, you know, your employees can engage with that, uh, you know, those providers. And two is really, um, really lay a lot of emphasis on access and engagement, right? Access in a sense, when you have these primary care uh, providers, how easily they're you know, they're accessed by your employees, by telehealth, um, by, you know, using telehealth, using if there are folks who have um, chronic conditions like diabetes, CKD, CHF, uh, COPD, um, you know, having some level of like variable type program that you can provide to them through, through which you can track their vitals remotely and then provide them with care as and when needed. Um and then uh, I think that's really from the network and access side, you want to improvise access. And two is you want to increase their engagement in their care, right? So things like, you know, uh, partnering with vendors, there's so many vendors out there today, which will, uh, you know, part of the insurance plan can can build engagement programs like hey heart walk or uh, you know uh, folks uh, where you can build challenges for employees on whoever is going to walk the most for that particular month is going to be rewarded right so i think the, there are subtle ways to really engage populations at large and then really identifying the ones who are not engaged because there will always be populations who are not engaged and then have a strategy around that of how you can give them a more concierge outreach focused care as opposed to them coming to the healthcare system. So I think if you start with that as the ethos of your benefit packages, and that's how you you work with whichever insurance or brokers you're working with to design your insurance, I think you should be fine. Yeah, I like the the holistic wellness kind of approach that you're suggesting. I think that's so very important. In the preventative care piece, um, you know, if, if we want to keep costs low, preventative care is the way to do it. And ironically, you know, so many organizations, I see this a lot, that because of the rising cost of healthcare, they want to provide something for their employees, but they don't want their employees to have to pay too much out of pocket. They, the organization doesn't feel like they can pay too much out of pocket. So then you end up with a really crummy high deductible plan that doesn't actually do very much. It certainly doesn't help with all the preventative stuff that you're talking about. It's really only there for catastrophe. And, you know, that that's better than nothing, but it's not much better than nothing. And it's, it's not going to do anything to actually, you know, within the system as you're talking about to drive down costs because we're not dealing with preventative care. People are only going to be getting care as they have emergencies as they have catastrophes rather than just, you know, maintaining um, their overall wellness over time. So I don't know any, that's, that's the big conundrum, right? Is any thoughts on how we deal with that tension 
you know, recognizing that organizations don't have an endless amount of funds to put towards the healthcare for their people, especially, you know, smaller businesses, you know, who may be really struggling to make payroll. Um, how do we balance that? Because man, that, that just seems like such a, a difficult, almost um, un, completely untenable kind of a, a challenge. That's right. Uh, and I think part of the calculation here, John, has to has to include the soft benefits of having uh, i'd rather pay a little bit more as an employer on the insurance and getting the right plans built for my employees because it's not really just their healthcare like you know in this day and age there's so much um attrition there's so many people who are leaving your organization and a lot of that really talks about a lot, you know, it's as much as you can say there are better opportunities. I think it's also the employer. So I think as employers, we really need to shift our mindset. And, you know, we have employees, we are a startup, you know, around uh, 125, 130 people working with us. The way at least I can tell you, I see this is I also look at the soft benefits of this, right? Employee longevity, how positive are they going to show up at the work environment and the productivity that that they are going to produce at the end of the day? How what's their happiness index working with you, right? So a lot of this, I think, if you do not provide the right benefits in general, not just healthcare benefits, you know there are other things involved: flexibility, work flexibility. Um, career path, all of that, like employers have to think about that holistically because culture, this sort of impacts your culture directly and every like culture eats everything else, you know, your strategy, your market, your clients. If your internal culture is not good, it will lead to repercussions, which you cannot put on paper and pen. So my take is like when as employers, when you're designing this, this your cost benefit yeah. i think the the benefits are more than just you know what you can figure out in your pnl related yeah. to your medical costs i think it's it's much more and personally for me as an employer even as a small business i'd rather spend a little bit more money to provide the right insurance and the right um just overall like my offering to my people so they stay with me for a longer term and they have good productivity and they have, they enjoy working with, with the organization. I'd rather not hire 10 people. I'd rather hire seven with very high productivity who are happy as opposed to 10. But then those seven, I really take care of their health, their uh, emotional well-being, their physical well-being and everything that relates to them. You sound like, like the type of employer I would want to work for. Uh, that, that's fantastic. I love the mentality. And again, part of what I hear you saying is it's kind of this tension between short-term versus long-term perspective um, and strategy around our people. And when I see things like high deductible plans, 
you know, what I see is, and I recognize it and I, and I, I, I feel for leaders who are struggling in this space to try to provide something for their employees, but feeling like they can't um, provide as much as they want. So I get it. I get why these high deductible plans are used. Um, I get why they're given as an option so their employees can use them. But ultimately, um, that's really kind of more of a short-term perspective, isn't it? Because you you may have short-term cost savings in terms of the medical plan, but long-term in terms of burnout, chronic health issues, uh, engagement, satisfaction, innovation, uh, you know, all those things that, that in, in many cases, the intangibles of just having a really great team, all of that is going to go down and the costs associated with that uh, is tremendous. And so I agree. I think, I think just really making sure that we're investing upfront in our people uh, and investment in our people includes a lot of facets, but, but meaningful holistic healthcare and wellness is one of those really key components that I think has to be there. Uh, so if we, if we can focus on that, um, recognize, yes, it's going to cost a little bit more, but if we have a holistic plan in place over time, we can work to reduce those costs. And just because we have, we'll have more healthy people generally, because they're getting their needs taken care of as they arise and in preventative ways. Uh, and then in the long term, you can reap all sorts of extra benefits because of lower turnover costs greater retention, better team, camaraderie, stronger culture, all those things that you mentioned. I think that's fantastic. Well, I know at the time, we're getting close to the end of our time, but I thought we can end today with you just sharing with us your thoughts on, say, the next five years of healthcare innovations. What do you see coming down the pipeline, both within your firm, but also just out there generally um, that we have to look forward to in the healthcare space? Well, yeah, there's there's ton of work going on in healthcare. I think this decade will really be a game changer in healthcare because of all the work which is going on. Um, I some of the things that I see which are becoming more mainstream these days. Um, I think genomics is really going to become mainstream and democratized in terms of costs. Right now, it's too expensive for a regular person to get to and be included in your uh, insurance benefit packages. But I think genomics is the way to go to really do early disease prediction, to really identify, uh, you know, disease progression and so forth uh, in individuals. So I think there's, there's really going to be, that's going to be democratized. Healthcare will be continuous and seamlessly accessible as you could see from pandemic uh, and all the work which is going on in the IoT space, uh, wearable space, there's a lot of movement there. I don't know if you've seen like Apple Health and how they've connected to network of all the inpatient providers and labs. And, you know, you can right now, if you create your medical ID and you go to uh, organizations who are currently, you know, part of that network, you can easily access your, like I was um, doing my regular checkup, um, yearly checkup last week. Within two days, I had my results on my phone um, uh, because LabCorp was connected with my Apple Health. So there's there's a lot of movement on healthcare data sharing and healthcare is going to be continuous. It's going to be very easily accessible with telehealth, with virtual care, so much impact on virtual care. 
I think the third one, the th- third area I'm seeing a lot of work going on and is social determinants is, is going to get mainstream and big part of clinical uh, care delivery because a lot of what's going on on the social determinant side has a direct impact on clinical, on, on person's health. So a lot of health systems now are realizing that and including social determinants of health benefits within the benefit packages. So you do get access to like social workers, you do get access to transportation, to food and so forth, which will lead to reduction in healthcare costs. So I think there's a lot of movement there. Mental health and behavioral health. This is a fourth one. There's a lot of emphasis on mental and behavioral health, especially after pandemic. I think it's become mainstream because people are isolated. This has been, I think, mental health. Uh, you see, like, I, I just see this as a as a root cause of a lot of issues, clinical issues, a lot of societal issues are led with, you know, are coming out of mental health issues in individuals. So I think there's a lot of work going on there. In terms of comorbidities or conditions, cancer care, there's a lot of work going on in, you know, finding the right cancer drugs, which can really, with a combination of genomics, can really, you can identify that before it happens and then make sure you do, um, you know, you kill it before uh, cancer happens. So a lot of work on immunotherapy and gene therapy in in cancer care. Um, yeah, I mean, these are some of the things. There's just, John, as I, I know you you know healthcare, you've been in healthcare. There's just a lot of work going on. And I, I'm very hopeful for the future of, of healthcare. Um, as much as I see the trends that the healthcare costs are not going down, they're only going up. But there's all of this work going on, hopefully with all this innovations and, you know, grassroots level changes we can untangle healthcare in the next yeah. 10 years because it's really required right now where we said there's a lot of lot of work to be done yeah yeah i agree i i i'm hopeful cautiously optimistic um but i recognize the complexities and how hard this is going to be it's a heavy lift um but there's lots of good people doing lots of great work and and you and your team are on that list so i really appreciate what you're doing it has been a pleasure talking with you today, Unmesh. As we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, your team, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm all about giving back and, and helping uh, people. If I can answer any, if you're trying to get into healthcare, healthcare technology, um, want to reach out in general, LinkedIn is the best way to to do that. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, not very good at responding to sales pitches because I get so much, it gets overwhelmed uh, with, with that. But if you want to reach out on LinkedIn with any general questions and advice or just general discussion, very available there, shoot me a message. Um, I think, uh, you know, Clever Care, at Clever Care, what we are doing is really path-breaking because there's, there's so much going on in healthcare equity. So if you have, you know, seniors in your house, Medicare folks who are with Medicare Advantage and they do not speak English as their first language and are looking for a plan which can provide them with a more preventative care benefits, um, check out Clever Care 
and uh, sign up because I think what we are doing there is really patient-centered and built for folks who cannot engage in their healthcare system because of language and cultural barriers. Um, Final word, I'd say like this, I'm hopeful. Um, I'm glad that we are talking here, John, because you're taking the word out of a lot of organizations who are performing the innovations and doing what they're doing and taking the word out and distributing it and and letting the the people know so, uh, you know, they can have access to this. So more power to you and what you're doing. And I think if there's... uh, uh, for folks listening to the podcast, you have, if you want to reach out regarding healthcare, tech, digital, reach out to me on LinkedIn and we'll talk. Wonderful. Thank you, Mesh. It has been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Mesh and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.